Welcome to Bikes, Burpees, and Backhands. This is your host, Dave Matthews, for another episode. I guess you would call this our pre-pre-Wimbledon episode. Um, the draw for Wimbledon uh, will be coming out on the, I think, the 28th or maybe the 29th. Obviously, that will also uh, entail a bunch of um, qualifiers that that are entered in the qualifying tournament, which will be played probably starting this Thursday or so, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think the tournament starts on Sunday or Monday. Anyway, uh, here at Bike Friendly Atlanta, Bike Friendly ATL, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, we are going to sponsor a um, tennis channel uh, draw, bracket draw, in which Bike Friendly or DMTA Tennis, that's me, is going to put up a Wilson Touring bag. Uh, I believe it's, a, it's, either, it's at least a six-pack, maybe even a nine-pack worth uh, i think valued at around 100 to 120 dollars that will be for the winner of the uh, draw and i can tell you people a lot of people who do these draws um, they are sometimes the biggest lucky thing you've ever seen uh, going into wimbledon i'll give you a little heads up me and mr keith evans out in oxford mississippi uh, my good friend, we are going to do a Wimbledon podcast probably fr this Friday or Saturday as we go down the draws, which are which will be out on the uh, Tennis Channel Turnitopia uh, blog site or website. I will have a link for the BB&B uh, event. You can enter both. So if you enter the tennis channel one i think there's about a 400 dollars head package if you win the overall thing if you win the bb and b bikes burpees and backhands uh event uh and you can enter both uh you you'll pick up another hundred dollars in a or so in a uh, retail tennis bag from wilson brand new uh so be looking for a link uh on the especially the um, I'll put it on the Bike Friendly ATL website. Uh, you can also go uh, and download the Bike Friendly ATL app. Um, you can, I'll be putting that up. I, I, matter of fact, it is on the Bike Friendly ATL Facebook fan page currently. Uh, I'll also put it on the Instagram. I believe there is a swipe up link on our uh, Instagram page. So please go there and uh, be ready to fill out your men's ATP bracket that's this uh, Saturday, Friday, Saturday. You can start putting in your, uh, picking your draws. Me and Mr. Keith will do us a podcast uh, probably Saturday sometime. That'll still give you uh, a day, day and a half to finish your bracket. You can backfill them, which will make it a lot faster. In other words, if you think like Nadal or Federer or Djokovic is going to get to the finals, you can go all the way out to the finals and click that drop down menu and it'll have a bunch of names in it because a lot of that well 64 entries on the bottom or top half whichever half you're trying to pick will get to the one of those 
64 will get to the finals. So you can pick their name and that'll fill in six other brackets before it automatically. So that makes that a lot easier. Then you can keep backfilling from there. Makes the filling out the draw a lot simpler. Anyway, be looking for those links. Uh, I will be posting them on Bike Friendly ATL on Facebook. Also, Bike Friendly ATL on Instagram. Uh, I'm sure Mr. Keith Evans will be cross-posting, trying to get a lot of his people to uh, jump in that competition, too. It is free, so uh, all it costs you is a couple of minutes. And then uh, you'll get email updates about every couple of days of where you stand, not only in the Tennis Channel bracket, but also in... Uh, the uh, BBNB bracket, and that, that'll be a good way for us to have a little competition, have a little fun, and move on from there. Like I said, you can start filling out your bracket. I think it's Friday at 8 a.m., so be looking for that uh, and more links at Bike Friendly ATL. On to our subject of the week. Uh, it's a, kind of a tournament wrap-up. We just had a junior tournament here in uh, northeast Atlanta area, Buford, Georgia, to be specific. Uh, I do officiate. I've also played uh, around the world stage and know a lot of the problems that are uh, arise from coaching, from parents, from other players, things like that. And I'm just going to run down this quick list. Hopefully it'll help some of you uh, that fall into some or all of those categories as player, as coach, as parent, uh, to try to know what to do and what not to do uh, with your sons, daughters, uh, people you coach, things like that, to try to make playing a tournament scene a little more of a smoother operation. First and foremost, uh, from a parent standpoint, uh, or and even a spectator standpoint, if you're outside the fence, uh, I, I don't really, I hate to say it, I don't really care if you're sitting straight in line with like a sideline or a service line or a baseline. It doesn't really matter. When you're looking through a fence, uh, sometimes you can be looking through a fence and a net. Uh, sometimes you're standing back from the fence uh, that you're looking through. You could be back sometimes, you know, 10 feet, sometimes further, sometimes a little elevated, sometimes a little recessed down. Looking through that fence, uh, even though you think you've got a great view, it is a small type of octopus optical illusion uh, it is a lot tougher to call balls than you think what you see and the, the actions and motions that you uh, go through I've seen parents um, you know you know a ball be just out or a ball uh, you know their players on the same side as they're on the ball lands out the player keeps playing and they're th flailing their arms up in the air or they literally almost fall out of their chair like oh my god we're gonna lose the match because of that one ball get a grip get a clue parents um if last i looked if you're playing a two out of three set match it takes a minimum of 48 points to win two sets um sometimes more if it's a real close match a lot of deuces one point um, it, it can it can ride on you know the match can be can turn on that absolutely, but have a little more composure, have a little more uh, ethic about yourself. Um, 
your son or daughter or the person you coaching doesn't want to see you thinking they did great, thinking they did bad. They want to see you there for support. That doesn't mean cheering every time your opponent hits a ball in the net. That just means you're there. When the match is over, if they decide they want to talk to you about the match, things you could have done better, things you did well, things like that, they will probably ask your opinion. If they don't ask your opinion, I'm not telling you don't give it to them, but give them a little time to simmer down, to um, to get their thoughts. You know, sometimes some players like to talk right after the match is over. Some don't. You have to learn what kind of player you got and, you know, tread that water ever so, ever so carefully. Um, jumping the gun or not talking at all could be the worst mistake you ever made. So I tell you to uh, go support your players, you know, have a good firm face, have a good firm everything. Somebody hits a great shot and you want to just lightly clap. That's fine. If it's getting into a clapping, uh, a clapping or a cheerleading competition, uh, you know, one player hits a good shot, they all clap. The other the other person claps louder. Y'all need to stop. We ain't got time to babysit you. Referees don't have time to stop cheerleading exhibitions on the sideline. It's not what you're there to do. Uh, teach your players to. Uh, this is coaches and parents. Teach your players to really only question calls that they have a clear path to see the ball in the line that the call is in question. If the player is looking through the net, and I see this a lot with, uh, you know, some 14 and unders, a lot of 12 and unders, and a lot of 10 and unders, they can't see over the net, uh, here we go, looking through that net as you're running or standing there, it's a little bit of a tricky optical view that you get. So I try to tell my players, number one, if you don't like the calls you've been getting, you don't have to be like everybody else. You can actually wait till you get up around the service line hitting a volley and they call one out. Then you can ask that person if you really think it was in, touched the line or was just inside, then you can ask that person, are you really sure? And you had a good view of it. If you were moving, the ball was across the court. Nah, nah, nah. you ain't got time to be asking all that. You shouldn't hit it so close. Um, if you're that good and you know the ball was in when you hit it, then you've got that much control. You shouldn't be hitting it that close anyway. A ball a foot inside that line is going to do the same damage. So, you know, back up a little bit before you accuse somebody else of doing something. Um, and if you think you're in that much control, then show that much control on hitting the ball. Stop getting it too close to where you know you're going to get some calls. Some calls you're not. And that's just the way tennis is played. Till you get up to where there are umpires and, you know, shot spot and all that stuff. Um, you know, you just got to take what you get. If you don't want it to be called out and hit it a foot and a half inside the line. Um, most of the time, uh, my policy is with my players, like I kind of said, is that if you're not inside the baseline, a little bit anyway, 
if you're not middle of no man's land pushing up toward the service line, uh, I don't want to hear you say too much. Uh, you know, if you come off the court and I think you were giving some really close calls on the borderline of uh, not giving a fair shake, you know, around the baseline and I'm standing, you know, where I could see the baseline unobstructedly, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to be watching you the rest of the next practice, several practices, just to make sure you're, you're not bordering being called a cheater because that's, that's not a good thing to get. Um, give your opponent at least a couple of calls that you've questioned before asking for an official. Um, I went out on several matches this last weekend, me and my partner, um, other official, um, went out, watched one match. I got out there at 3-1 in the second, um, refereed that whole, whole rest of that set. The, the young man that lost the set was down 3-1, and there wasn't one ball that entire, I don't know how many, he lost 6-3, so I guess that would be uh, three, four, five, five games. It wasn't one ball, not a serve, not a ground stroke, not one ball was close to a line, probably not closer than a foot. And if that's the case, you just need to kind of, I guess, toughen up. Um, yeah, do people cheat sometimes? Sure. When it's close, sure. I know what situational calls are. Nobody's going to fool me about that. But if it's a situation where a close ball you think you've been getting shafted on lately, why are you hitting it so close again? You're not learning. That's part of the game. That's why I call tennis, I teach life through tennis. You don't want to get shafted. You shouldn't get close to that beast. That's just the way it is. Uh, probably one of the biggest things that I like to reiterate and that most people don't listen to too much is that most of the problems that occur on a tennis court in a tournament setting are usually from just a couple of things. One, whoever read a rule that said when a ball lands out, your call must be verbal, it must be loud enough for the opponent to hear, and it must be immediate or as immediate as possible. In other words, immediate basically falling under the guidelines of I could take my racket back. I can start to get that ready, that racket ready to start swinging at the ball if it's like a little short hop ball on the baseline. And when that ball bounces, by the time I've hit that ball, I should have called out. That way, the result of my shot has in no way affected what I call. I want to call it before I hit it. Sometimes that's hard. And guess what? If you're late, let it go. Don't open your mouth, play the ball, you learn from it, you get better on your calls, um, and that's just the way it is. Sometimes the, the amount of spin or lack of spin that opponents hit directly affects how easy or hard the ball is to call. So you kind of have to you know, get a little bit of a bearing on that. Early in a match, that could be something different. Or in a late first set, it's four all, all of a sudden somebody rips a lot more topspin than you've been used to seeing and all of a sudden it comes dipping down in there and you want to say out immediately because you hadn't seen that kind of ball and all of a sudden you might be calling a ball out that actually hit the baseline and landed inside if you don't correct it i'm sorry you cheated
That's just the way it is. We make mistakes. You can always say, you know what, I call that ball out. It was actually in at your point. Move on down the road. Then your opponent has a lot more respect for you. He, he understands you're honest and you make mistakes, but you're going to, over, you're going to correct them when you do. And he, you're more than likely going to get that same policy on the other side of the net. That's just the way life itself goes. Uh, loud calls, um, not loud enough. You know, if I go over and I say out, I know sometimes the 10s and the 12s, uh, and even the 14s sometimes, their voices are not carrying yet. Maybe their voices haven't matured enough yet to get deep enough to carry. But sometimes, you know, that, uh, that old stranger danger voice, you know, you want to be shy when you know, when you got people you don't know. Well, that's not the time to be non-vocal on a tennis court. You need to call the ball, not, don't look down at the ground, even though you got to look down at the ground to call the ball to see it. When you call the ball, your head somehow needs to be angled so that it projects the voice, your voice, across the net, telling your opponent, ball is out, stop play, we're moving on down the road. And it, like I said, it needs to be immediate and as loud as possible. If you're running away from the net, yes, you can stick a finger up in conjunction with hollering out. Uh, that way, that person, if they happen to be serving you throw the balls over there to them, there's no doubt that they're going to call the score with you winning that last point. Uh, you don't call it loud enough. You throw up a finger, think that got it. The finger was behind you, in line with you, so they couldn't see it. All of a sudden, they call the score in their favor, and all, you get all, all tizzy, in a tizzy fit about it, and it was your fault. It's not that you didn't call it. You just didn't call it loud enough so they could hear it. So... That's one of the problem areas is I see a lot of younger kids, especially 14 and under, but I see 16s and 18s, they think then it's too cool to call the ball out. It's never, it's, never, it's never too cool to call the ball out when you've earned it. Call it out only takes a nice little thrust of the voice to get that out or wide or whatever you want to call it out of your mouth, clear problems up. And last but not least, folks, this is the one that, you know, I was talking to a couple of kids on the court the other day about calling the score out. Uh, seems like, here we go again, 14s and below, 14s, 12s, and 10s. They call the score. Sometimes their voices don't carry. Uh, like I said, maybe their voice hasn't matured enough yet. But at the same time, they're sometimes looking down at the ground. Uh, the opponent's not down on the ground laying down. They also... Um, um, some of them will start to throw the ball up for the serve, and literally right as you start to serve, there goes the ball in the air, and they say 15 off. And it's almost like an auction calling, 15 off, 15 off. Do I hear 20 off, 20 off? No, 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 no. You, you, you get back to the line, the server. You get up to the line. You get kind of in a pre-ready format stance or whatever you want to call it. You look across the net to see, make eye-to-eye -eye contact with your returner to make sure they are ready. If they're not, they should hold their hand up. If their back is to you, they're obviously not ready. Wait until they, you don't have to stand there, but if they're way away from the line, walk off the line and come back in a couple of seconds and readdress. 
you make eye to eye contact, then you call the score, then you go into your motion. And in that kind of a time frame. Otherwise, you're trying to hide something, you're trying to uh, not call the score out. All that creates a lot of havoc. Stuff that's not needed in tennis makes things a lot simpler if you do it simply. But the habit is what you're after, folks. Anyway, I hope some of this helps some of you. Um, I did have a parent ask us in one of the tournaments, uh, how many, how many uh, warnings does a player get? Let's say you know, a player has four, four matches or five matches to win a tournament. And a couple of the matches, you know, a player gets a referee called out on their court. And I told the, I don't know if he's a parent or coach or whatever, you know, he said that seems kind of, uh, all of a sudden it's not a coincidence. It seems like that player's actually calling some close balls and maybe cheating a little bit. And I said, well, you can't say that. Maybe that player is winning. Maybe that player is a very consistent player that is in very good shape. And a lot of players that like to hit the ball hard, they don't like losing to players like that. That's kind of a, uh, you know, a, a something that's not really, you, you don't show your your toughness, I guess, if you lose to somebody that doesn't hit the ball that hard. But if you can't hit the ball consistently hard, then you're probably going to lose to a lot of players like that. And that's going to be very uh, confidence crushing to you to back off a little bit and show some patience but so that you can win some of those points and some of those matches. Uh, I told the father that, or I think it was a father or coach, it could be both. Uh, I told him that really there is no uh, amount. I said, you know, like I said, could be that the, all the other players in the draw think that kid, everybody should be beating him, but they're not. So they get frustrated, and that's what happened in one of the matches. I did go out on that player's court. Uh, like I said, not one ball came close to the line in five or six games. And uh, kind of hard to accuse somebody of cheating, and they go from 3-1 to 6-3, and that other player never really gets close to them. I mean, he just played consistent tennis. So you can get, you know, an umpire or umpiring crew will tend to write down things and turn in uh, when somebody is called on the court and that player is overruled several times, uh, that's when a coaching, or a, not a coaching, a refereeing crew will start uh, filing, you know, complaints and all those add up to uh, some points against that player. And, and after so many points, that player can be banned from playing for six months. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do. But just because you call somebody out there doesn't mean they're cheating. Uh, you know, sometimes, like I said, kids are 80 feet away and they just think their ball is always in. It's not. It's not. Um, that's the sum of all the what happened this last weekend. Had some good play up in Buford. Hope some of you will come out. We've got a level five, I believe, in uh, July. And I think we have another level four in August and another one, I believe, in early November. Like I said at the start of the program, 
uh, Bike Friendly Atlanta is going to put up a $100 Wilson bag uh, for this tennis channel BB&B, which is Bikes, Burpees, and Backhands podcast. Uh, they call it uh, Bracketology or uh, Turnitopia. So be looking for those links. We will be posting them. I'll probably be posting them probably starting on Thursday. Uh, where you can get involved. It's free. Cost you just about five minutes. If you put a lot of time in, it might take you 10 or 15, but that's to sit in and watch the rest of Wimbledon, which is two weeks long. So anyway, I hope this helps you. Hope uh, as you're coaching or watching your players play, you can help them get a little bit better at a lot of phases of the game because tennis is a multifaceted game. Uh, that's why I've been around it for so long. I uh, hope this helps you and your players get along better in tournaments. If you have any questions, you can always leave me a voicemail by going to um, our podcast here. It has a voicemail on it. You can leave it there. Uh, if you have any ideas, you can always email me at bikes, burpees, backhands, no commas, uh, no and or anything in there. That's just three words together at gmail.com. I sure appreciate you all listening you had thousands of podcasts to listen to. Uh, like I said before, if you can, if I can help you learn something about cycling, about fitness, about tennis, about uh, pickleball, and about, I think I said cycling, but uh, and backhands of any sort, please just give us a shout out. Be glad to help you. Hope y'all have a good evening and hope you enjoy the Wimbledon that's coming up. Y'all take care and have a good day. Hey everybody, this is Dave with Bike Friendly ATL, Bikes, Burpees, and Backhands podcast. Join me and my friend Keith Evans tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock a.m. for the publishing of the Wimbledon draw. Uh, Wimbledon starts on Monday, uh, so tomorrow, the 28th of June, we will go over the published draw and... Uh, also allow you to enter the Bikes, Burpees, and Backhands uh, Turnitopia draw. The winner of that draw will win a $100 Wilson six-pack. You can also free enter the Tennis Channel uh, Turnitopia draw, where the winner will get a $400 head racket package. Join us tomorrow morning. You can find all the links on the David Matthews Tennis Academy fan page on Facebook. There'll also be other links along the way. Uh, there'll also be links on the podcast tomorrow morning for you to uh, click on or download and join us and have fun with Wimbledon over the next two weeks. Y'all have a great day.